Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Thank you so much. I keep, I feel like I keep getting the birthday love and I'm like, is it still the first pod since my birthday? (laughs) I can't remember. Thank you. It feels far away because it was Monday and it's obviously Friday, but still, it's the whole month is your friggin' month. Oh, thank you so much. I I appreciate it. Uh, my month and and Pride Month as well. So there and you Pride go. Pride Month. This is true. This is Do you want to talk a little bit about your Hollywood glam life? Uh, oh my gosh, I will. Uh, yeah, last night was our like mini premiere of Dave. Um, I say mini because it was like essentially a cast and crew screening on uh they said it was at the greek but i'll be honest with you it was basically an overflow parking lot at the greek it was like all on the lawn and like the red carpet was on like a mountain and it was at a very significant angle Alyssa. like it was they were rearranging the actors when we were taking pictures because it was at such a slant that the tallest people like absolutely had to be all the way to the right because of the way that it was angled it was so strange also speaking of hollywood glam uh fx is always so kind and sends like a car service to come pick you up for something like this and it always feels so fancy and so nice And I got a call from my agent that was like, hey, traffic is so bad. Like, we're so sorry, but you need to leave like now. Like, if you could go get in the car immediately, like, that would be great. And I was like, oh, okay, great. So then we run outside in like my foot that I already injured from stumbling down the stairs. I'm like hobbling in my heels. And I kid you not, we walk out and our favorite little local black cat crosses over me and Tony's feet. And I look up and our like huge black SUV has the top of it open and the driver leaning over and he turns to us and he's like the car broke down (gasps) no (laughs) and we like just could not i like i go oh this is like a genuine disaster like this is crazy and luckily my manager had just stopped by to drop off flowers like was not going to the event like nobody could basically come because of all the covid restrictions and Tony had to, like, chase him down the sidewalk and be like, can you please drive us? Oh, my God. Imagine. That's so funny. I, and so thank God he was there or else we would have, you know, waited to, like, call a Lyft or an Uber or whatever. And once we got to the actual event, obviously my manager doesn't know where to go because he wasn't given the instructions that the actual professional driver was. So we, I'm just, like, lost somewhere in a parking lot and looking for security. And finally, somebody was like, hey, miss, you can't be here. I was, like, in the wrong area. And I turned oh around, and this God. guy was like, oh, shit, I know you. You're in the show. Like, you could be here, I guess. And I was like, thank you. It's actually, do you know where, like, talent is supposed to be dropped off for the carpet? And he was like, nah, no idea. It was uh, so funny, Good thing you were in the car and not just Tony and your manager because they would have been like, you guys got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Exactly. I was just like, I don't know what to do but it could not have been just like a goofier series of unfortunate events for like sort of the first kind of glamour time back but it was really really fun especially once we got there and I was really proud of the two episodes we saw we saw episodes two and three 
and they were really wonderful. I think people are going to be so like surprised and I hope really satisfied and happy. Like I think we elevated a lot of things. So. That's so great. I'm so excited to watch it. And I I'm always really love hearing when too. you get to do these kinds of things because it's so surreal and I'm so happy for you. It's very exciting. Thank you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, I'm constantly pinching myself and it was especially like I've talked about it on the pod, but like a lot of people have watched this show, but it doesn't feel like it sometimes because of the pandemic and not being able to connect with people. And so the red carpet questions were like, can you believe nine million people watch the show? And oh I was like, God. no, I can't. Like my answer is no. <laughs> wow. Um, but it was really fun. So, yeah, I'm clearly losing my voice a little bit from like shouting at people <laughs> over my mask and at this like big basically lawn that we were at. Um, but it was a good time. And Dave and I accidentally matched. It looked like we coordinated, Oh, but we that's didn't. cute. So we're just, we're vibing on another level. It I love great. that. Yeah, and your dress was so pretty. People, we'll post pictures. Um, Taylor will post, and we'll post them on our story as well. Yay! Yeah. I got to see the dress in person, and I was like, can I say what I said, or do you want to say? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to steal an Instagram caption from you. I was like, this is very like Bethany's last reunion with the beads. I will, we'll have to do like a side-by-side -side post of those two dresses because they're both very good. Exactly. Yeah, it's for the hardcore fans out there. If you know, you know. Um, <sighs> speaking of dresses, uh, let's talk about The Bachelorette and, and, and her budget and this. But let's talk about The Bachelorette. I have so many notes. And I feel, like, sad that I don't like it. And I feel like I'm letting the podcast down because I know we have so many people who love to listen for our Bachelor recaps. And, like, it's just not very fresh or interesting, right? It's very uninspired. And yeah. I know that sounds silly to say about a show that is so stupid. But they – it's stupid because it, it, it usually works. Like, there's parts of the formula and parts of the way that they structure the show that, as predictable as it could be sometimes, are still really fun and you could get lost in it. And this, I found, it rather than, like, pulling me in, was, like, pushing me away every chance it got. Like, yeah. her beginning montage felt like – listen, I don't know if anybody else's Hulu is like this, but sometimes when we're watching Hulu, <laughs> it will – uh, it'll end the episode you're watching. Let's say you're watching Dave, or in my case, watching Shark Tank. It ends and it will start with a show it thinks that you like. And in my case, my algorithm goes to The Bachelorette and it will start with like season one, episode one of The Bachelorette. And so it accidentally starts playing a season of The Bachelorette from like over a decade ago. That's what I felt like I was watching. I was like, this feels so dated. Her Her montage at the beginning felt like it had stock footage from like 1998. Yeah. In the, the footage of even, you know, Tasha and uh, Caitlin also looked like in that car. They need to get a grip. Like what is yeah. this? Is like giggly sleepover time? Like you're the host of the show. <laughs> like <laughs> you can be her friend without being like, okay, we're going to sneak up on her. Like I, that's not what the vibe this? I'm here giggly for. giggly sleepover time? Yeah, no. get it together, ladies. I, uh, and I, I, I don't want to, it's, I want to separate too that there is issues I have very much with the way the show is being executed. And then I have like a couple notes for Katie, but like not even that much. It's not totally her fault. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm just taking a huge shit on Katie, but she's also not like the way that they're creating her character it's just, is yeah. is tough for me. Like I I I love a sex positive bachelorette. Frankly, we had it with Caitlyn in a very real way. And this like harping on the fact that Katie came in with a vibrator and saying she's sex positive every other sentence, I think is like not 
reading very authentic to me. Like they're pushing that as her thing. And somebody like Hannah Brown, everything that they pushed about Hannah Brown as cheesy and as like kind of basic as it was, it felt like it was really Hannah Brown. Like I thought she was pretty good. It felt like pretty authentic. And Katie feels like she's sort of being pushed out there and sort of is playing pretend in a weird way. Like they haven't found her thing yet. And we're, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like she's playing pretend. I, yeah, I feel bad. I just think she's not my kind of girl. Like I don't identify with her energy, with her likes, with her taste. Like I would never be like, oh my God, a guy showed up dressed as a cat and was like making punny (laughs) cat jokes. Like marry me. Like that's just so the opposite of me. And also... On to, I mean, not to say you can't be into cats and also love fucking, but, like, pretty the opposite of being sex positive, I would say. <laughs> you know? Like, it's just not – it's what it's very adorkable. It's very, like, you know, original new girl Zoe Deschanel when everyone was dressing like they yeah. were in the 50s and getting bangs. And I don't – that's not – what I want to see on The Bachelor. And also, everyone on The Bachelor is sex positive. These people are so horny. Like, that's why they're yeah. here, you know? Yeah. They're here to be hot and hook up with each other. Yeah. I love that you brought up the cat thing. I was texting um, Amber and Tony's mom about this, and we just, like, could not get over the same exact thing of, like, responding really, really well to the guy in the cat suit. And that's not even – I think the painting of the whiskers on the face or whatever, <sighs> there was just some details that I thought, this is too – much. How are we supposed to relate to this woman who picked this cat suit man? And I don't buy this is gonna sound mean, but the It's okay. The 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 <laughs> I'm holding it's back so right. much right now. I fucking hate her. I'm the gonna be voice. honest with you. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Say it like it is. No, I'm first of all I'm really interested. I really want like I wanna hear what other people are thinking. Um I want to see, like, if you guys feel the same way or you, like, love her, let's hear about it on the Instagram, please. But the the soundbite of the men being like, I'm so happy it was you. I was so happy to find out you were the Bachelorette. I think you're so original. Like, I loved you on your season. It's like, uh, you really? No, you didn't. Like, you didn't. I think it just didn't. It Like, that bumped for me so hard because I don't think that – Katie's season showcased her in a really great light. Yeah. Like, I I don't see that at all. So even those silly lines that, again, I'm telling you, are in every season, this season I just went, ugh, I'm, ugh I don't buy any element of this. Honestly, my favorite thing about Katie is how she lumbers into a room. Uh, like Mike the- was saying the same thing. He's like, look how stiff she is. There's no way she's good at sex. I think I said there's no ah! way she's good at sex. But he was like, she's so stiff. Like, she does not have any rhythm. She cannot move. <laughs> like, I wish that they leaned into that. I wish she was like, I'm just not a ball gown girl. And they, like, gave her a different outfit or something. But the- she, like, storms into a room like she's about to punch somebody <laughs> and then apologize to them for it. Like, But her, her, like, shoulders are, like, as wide as they could go. And she's just, like, swinging her elbows. I'll try to find a clip of it. But, like, it's aggressive. And I, I thought that that was maybe the only moment she was, like, totally herself. And I was like, lean into that. Do, like, a bachelorette who's, like, clumsy, d- can't, clumsy or, like, or, like, genuinely doesn't want to be in these crazy ball gowns. Instead of giving her shitty 
dresses. I would love to see her in like, yeah, it looked real bad. It looked like bat mitzvah circa 2002. It was like a shiny red lace, which is not, all those things should not go together. You can either have red or lace or red lace or shiny. Not all of them. Listen to the rules, people. Yeah, and if she, like, if they gave her like a cool pantsuit with like a corset or like a bra top, like some kind of silk bra top or lingerie top, like I would be so into that. That would be hot. And she could move yeah. around more gracefully. Um, yep. I just feel like she has real camp counselor energy. And even <laughs> when the she gave the first impression, Rose, the reason why she gave it was like, hey, buddy, like, don't be nervous. We're all friends here. I'm like, that's not the point of the first impression, Rose. So I'm like simultaneously mad that the formula of the show is predictable and also mad that she's doing a bad job at it. Exactly, exactly. That's why I keep like the caveat of all my notes is like I get what I'm talking about here. I get that it's stupid. I But I like the way that it's been effective before and I don't get what's so broken now. And I am frustrated. I like I was looking forward to I went through like not being excited when she was announced, but then when I like saw that my TV had like recorded it, I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm happy the Bachelorette is back. And then I just, it just like didn't scratch that itch, which bummed me out. So, and this show is so long and huge. I was like, that sucks that we're going to have to watch this. (laughs) Yeah. But maybe they'll loop us in. I'm sorry if anybody out there is also, like, a diehard Katie fan. But, like, honestly, DM me why. Like, I want to hear it. I want to do Educate us. Educate yeah. us. Give us an education. Um, but let's get into the shows that we do love so much. Oh, my God. Roni <laughs> was a disaster. Okay, look. I just want to say, like, I never thought – I think it's important that we're talking about this. But I also just want to say, like, we're not the authority on, like – you know, what's happening with race in this country. So we're doing our best to talk about this in uh, the context of Bravo, but please go listen to someone who's better equipped to talk about all this stuff than we are. Um, Amen. Purely from, like, a comedic perspective, every woman was, like, trying her best to, like, resolve the crazy situation that was happening and all of them were very wrong at a certain point in the episode and you would like get on someone's side like there was a point where I was like I don't like Heather but she is speaking to Luann in a way that's helpful and then it was like oh no Heather's like making a huge mistake as well basically what happened was Luann and Ebony got into this argument about education which was like purely a misunderstanding on Luann's part then Luann used a very triggering, loaded word and called Ebony angry. And Ebony's a black woman, and so there's a lot of connotation and history about angry black women. And Ebony did a really good job in such a tough situation, like trying to explain her perspective to these women who have clearly never had these conversations before. And Heather, who loves to come in and talk about how she's hung out with P. Diddy, therefore she's the expert on black America, was like, I got you, girl. Like, the whole episode, and it was like, oh, no, oh, no, no. And so she was kind of, like, bridging the gap between the Luann's and Ramona's of the world to, like, the more, you know, modern, like, uh, understanding of what's racist, I guess. And, Mm -hmm. And then at one point when, like, it was all fine, she walks out of the room and goes... By the way, Ebony, you're really articulate. And it's like, I don't that's... know if anyone's ever told you that before, but I want to let you know you're really articulate and closes the door and Ebony's mouth drops to the floor. It's like such an insane button on the whole interaction. It's like, it's beyond condescending and also 
such a like primary example of a microaggression. Like it's like probably the first example when you look at the fuck up, Heather. Like what is going on? Oh my god, Crazy. Heather just being like, yeah. Not only have I worked with P Diddy, but I worked with like people who were interning for P Diddy who were also black. It's like, what are you talking about? It's so crazy that she thinks that's a helpful thing to say. It's so insane. It is pretty funny. And I'm glad that, you know, I don't want to speak for Ebony, but when that little, like, tag of the whole argument happened when she was like, you're very articulate, Ebony was like, that's honestly genuinely funny. And it was. It was very funny. (laughs) She was like, I'm not even going to hold her against, hold that against her right now. It's too funny. It's like too funny and she didn't get it. It sucks that she didn't get it. That's sort of the point is that not getting it is what sucks. But I will like let this one slide for a moment and you know it's going to come up at the reunion and I can't wait. After all of this, Heather is definitely getting a seat featured at the reunion in some way because there's just like too much drama now involving her. And, like, the Leah stuff, it's all – you're right. Everybody was just, like, wrong at different points. And it was a good lesson in learning when to shut the fuck up. Because there was – like, even Sonia had some moments where I was really – like, I was like, Sonia is the only voice of reason right now because she was encouraging people to shut up. She would be like, you know what the problem is? Is that all of the white women right now are yelling. Like, we need to just shut up. It's, like, not our turn. But then even she had a moment later where she was like, let me give you my soapbox moment about white privilege. And I was like, I loved it so much when your whole message was just to not talk. So it's just a whole, it's a whole hot mess. It's just tough. Like, I love all these women and I, and like when Sonia was saying that stuff, I was like, I was like, yes, Sonia, like, someone in this group, like, sort of understands what's happening. But then I'm, like, hesitant to get on her side because I know 10 seconds later she'll do something crazy. So, anyway, it was just, I think it was just, like, an interesting, like, sociological episode. (laughs) Like, I think it's fun when, like, when this sort of started at the end of last week's episode, I was a little bit more disappointed because I was like, oh, this is going to make me feel feel like a lot of empathy for Ebony in a way that I don't I don't love her just like kind of being put out there and having being expected to teach all of these women like yada yada. But then this episode felt like an actual insane housewives episode riddled with all of those things. Yeah, I thought I was like, okay, this makes a little bit more sense. It still feels like it's in the world of the show. It was definitely uncomfortable at moments, but it was it was just, I think, still good, crazy, yeah. weird TV. Like, it it was great um, while being sometimes so painful. Um, and I just don't get whoever, whoever, I guess, looped Heather in is getting a fucking bonus. Am I right? Because at first I was like, why is she here? Uh, but I know it's a small cast. And I think maybe somebody was like, should we just, like, loop her in and see what happens? And, man, did they – were they right Am They're I like, right? should we get one black housewife and then one the woman who's co-opted the most black culture on the show and like see what happens? It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I guess that's a formula. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. It's a uh, it's tough too because I really like Leah and I like was definitely not on her side of this argument, but I think she's just going through some really bad shit. So yeah, I think she's going through a lot. Um, so I think that makes sense, and I'm and I think she's always she's just always given it all. I've never seen a moment where she's not like I'm gonna go scream at this person. So she always does. Yeah, um, it's a lot. Beverly Hills. Oh my God, I love Kathy Hilton so much. Every week she gives us like a new iconic thing. Her being like, I'm the only non drama queen in the family. <laughs> And doing an impression of her sisters, like, freaking out about the kids around the pool. So good. I I love that she showed us that she, like, kind of gets how insane her sisters are, which is great. 
I think it's funny. Um, there was a comedian on Watch What Happens Live after the episode that was like, I'm sorry, Andy, we had to sit through Teddy while Kathy Hilton was there all along. Like, what is going on? Yeah. Uh, I think it's this was like the most unpredictable outcome after hearing Kathy Hilton was cast. I th- like to imagine her being such a comedic relief and such an oddball goof. I yeah. did not see coming. Not that I knew literally anything about Kathy Hilton other than being Paris Hilton's mom and the fact that she turned her nose down on the show for so many seasons. So I thought she was going to be this like uppity yeah. like really buttoned up woman and instead she's like she reminds me of when I'm just like hanging out with my like aunts who, and like they just like get Chardonnay drunk and we're all just like vibing and they're just like say crazy shit like she seems so comfortable and at home and I yeah I think she's a very funny treasure and a much needed it's making the sh- it's elevating the whole show because a lot of these women are taking themselves very seriously, especially this season. And to just have somebody who's like, I'm going to eat chips in bed at two in the morning with a Red Bull and be insane. She literally and read walked my into, newspaper on top of my iPad. Yeah, she walked into the room holding her mic pack at one point. Did you see that? I was like, what the fuck, Kathy? Like, do you know you're on TV? Like, what's going on? She probably thinks that they film from, like, 10 to 6. And then the yeah, rest is, yeah. like, on the cutting room floor. I love it. It's so funny. It's too much. Um, uh, Rinna. <laughs> Rinna, my God. I cannot believe what part of her wanted to share the story. Okay, so Rinna is still under a lot of heat for being really, really hard on Denise Richards last season and really wanting her to, like, speak her truth and really trying to, like, out her and then, you know, not supporting her in whatever her, like, kind of crazy, let's call it storyline with Brandy Glanville was. And at a dinner, has this idea to compare it to a very dark, incredibly fucked up story of Harry Hamlin, her husband, having a best friend who went to jail for rape and not being able to support that friend, not being able to visit that friend. In what universe could you be living in where you would tell that fucking story on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and compare it to your drama, Lisa Rinna. Like, I, I am not, I don't stand this. I usually love her. I think she goes above and beyond. This is not above and beyond. This is absolutely a complete misunderstanding of, like, how anything works. I think fame has just, like, rotted her brain. Like, <laughs> I don't. And then she's like, why won't you go in the pool? Everyone, get in the pool. Like, after we're just, like, trying to peer pressure, after they're all like, read the room, Renna. Like, that was a fucking crazy thing to say. Yeah. They're like, Renna, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> it was also a very, yeah, real moment when you have the one annoying friend. But especially the pool, like – if you're the, if you're the only girl getting in the pool, you're the only girl getting in the pool. You're not going to convince the other like just be the only girl who got in the pool. Just be that person. But wow, oh what a what God. a squeaky wheel. But I could not my jaw was on the floor. It made me so uncomfortable. It was so not the right move. It also was just of of all the bad things it was, it was an illogical argument. Am I wrong? Like it like in every way on paper what happened to Harry and his friend, it could not be anywhere close no. to what happened. And Garcelle's like, "Hold up." What? What's go? What? <laughs> She's like. So, are you trying to say that you couldn't blindly stand by Denise the way Harry Hamlin's friend stood by his rapist friend? And yeah. she was like, "Yeah." And it's like, 
Do you hear? Do you hear that back to you? Like, Garcelle's trying to help you out here, you know? Like, maybe take a step back. I don't think, yeah, I don't think this is how you want to handle this situation. She just, like, is ready to make a moment of everything. And sometimes it's great, and sometimes it's like, what's happening? This is crazy. There's that tactic that people have used where, you know, the heat is kind of on them, and then they will shift and tell a sort of, like, woe is me story to try and be like, no, 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 look, I... A woe is me and this was not that and but her the way she teed it up felt like that's what she was trying to tactically do so I was like oh what's she gonna say and I thought almost she would say something about Denise betraying her and like bringing the whole thing up again and then the story could not have gone more inappropriately off the rails so yeah, yeah the the rotting of the brain is the best theory so far what, um, what is going on with this Sutton crystal okay so drama? I have a little bit of a theory and this is me just basing this off of my own personal experience and observations. And so there's nothing online about this. I'm not trying to, like, pitch any rumors or anything about Crystal. Some people are very protective of being, you know, in their own space when they're changing because Mm -hmm. maybe those boundaries have been crossed in other situations previously in their life, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you – and so I think that – Maybe it doesn't read that way to a lot of people, and I think Crystal's just very uncomfortable being in this group of women, especially around Sutton. But I think people have different, like, uh, thresholds for modesty, and if someone just came into my room when I was changing, when I didn't say come in, I would also feel very uncomfortable. I don't know that I would be moved to tears, but to me that indicates, like, maybe there's a history there. You know, I think that makes a lot of sense. I also think I was putting myself in her shoes and I thought if this is your first season, it's a probably an insanely uh, self-conscious experience to have these cameras around. And Mm -hmm. I would feel my imagination might go to truly a member of the crew, if not a camera coming into the room. That's true. So there would be like a jolt of this like absolute terror that there might be footage of you naked. And that would be like just so 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 horrible um and then that kind of like adrenaline rush in a shitty way could then make you feel like you ever like surprise yourself so much you get scared mm-hmm. <laughs> or it's like when a toddler falls and they stand up and they start crying and it's not because they're hurt it's just because they surprised themselves by falling like there's a little bit of that feeling that I could relate to as well but what I I think your theory totally makes sense I think that the yeah you just never know what somebody's what somebody's history has been and what and you have to be sensitive too to just like whatever is going to upset people and I've never liked when people are assumptive about your like comfortability level with nudity yeah you know like I don't love if you're like trying to change and somebody just keeps looking at you like at least offer to turn around or leave the room like at least and if they're more comfortable you could give them permission or whatever but I think what bummed me out about it was I didn't like seeing her uncomfortable. And I think that the adding that to all of the drama that's already between these two is making it, I think it made her lose a little bit of a leg to stand on in terms of claiming to be the more, the less emotional or quote unquote more stable one. It's like you're both being very sensitive to what the other one is throwing at you clearly so don't right. don't come at Sutton and start labeling her all of these really negative things when you're also guilty of feeling like a little bit sensitive and a little bit emotional about something that she's done like it seems a little unfair to continue to tout yourself as the stoic one in this situation right yeah I can't okay so I can't tell what's coming from like the Sutton stands on Instagram but a lot of people were very mad at Crystal 
And I'm assuming that it was because she implied that Sutton is imbalanced, which is just not, it's 2021. We're not doing that anymore. Like that's, <laughs> we were graduating past those insults. There's other insults you can throw on a housewife show. I think mm. it's not right to conflate someone being crazy with being chemically imbalanced. That's not, uh, not helpful. But I do think that outside of that, Crystal is like a mean girl, <laughs> you know, mm. like even if she was right on the Sutton issue and on, you know, talking about women of color on the show, I also think that she is, I think she doesn't trust Sutton, but I also see her being a little like, uh, I'm not going to deal with you anymore. Like, no, I exactly. Just, you know, it's just a little like... I don't know, and maybe she has to learn to move on, and that's kind of, like, what the show is. I'm not sure, but I'm sensing a little bit of, like, a grudge-holding mean girl energy from her, which is I great. That's fine for the show, you know? Uh, yeah, I'm fine with that energy. Like, I don't think anybody is really playing that character yet, so I'm fine with it. But it does make it pretty terrifying when anybody does, like, in this in this situation on the boat or whatever, sitting down to talk to her, like, she, Sutton didn't stand a fucking chance. Like, yeah. the way that Crystal's looking at her was so scary. I was like, this is, you're already disqualified, Sutton. Like, you could try your hardest. You could go on the record. But, like, this bitch is not giving you the time of day. No. Um, and and it's I like get it. And searching I mean- for what to kind of, you know, poach from her speech like was just yeah the stuff that Sutton said to her was so fucked up like the idea that she compared like you know racism to like being stereotyped as a redneck I was like yeah I would never forget that either yeah but I don't know there's just weird it's like a discombobulated situation we'll have to see how it plays out over the season I will say that I do think I found the shoes that we have. Yes! (laughs) Um, I think they're Kyle's. I have a picture of almost the exact shoes but on the camera, they looked a little bit more gold, and in person, they're pink. So I can't tell if it's just the lighting or if she has more than one pair. Right. I would think she might have more than one pair. And yeah. they're definitely the most similar looking. If if not the shoes, they're definitely so, so, so close. So, And you're right that she, I think earlier on the pod, you said that it's definitely someone with tiny feet. And so and she looks like she would have tiny No, feet. it's someone with huge feet. Oh, it's huge Because they're like two feet? sizes bigger than me. Yeah, I'm a oh, seven. Shit. And they don't fit. I think they're like okay, a nine. Okay, I'm yeah. a nine. Calm down, Alyssa. <laughs> you want Gucci slides? Because I have them. <laughs> oh, my God. I would never. I would. This is actually one of those items that I would never wear. We actually talk about this in our interview later in the pod. But, like, the idea of buying something that you don't, like, that's a clothing item or accessory that you don't use has always been, like, baffling to me I'm like you should use it duh but that is an instance where if you gave me those shoes I would just like put them in a glass case and never touch them but size nine is not too big I'm sometimes an eight and a half so <laughs> all right Bigfoot um, wait talk about uh this we have a the bocce ball bear video all right, right okay so I said my um family works in hospitality at this house that's getting a lot of airtime between the housewives and the Kardashians um And you know how they talked about how there's the bear den and how you have to lock the doors? Well, my aunt has told me that she's literally had to shoo a mama bear out of the kitchen in the refrigerator, like off the property before, because they know how to open the door. And so I have a video that my aunt sent me of the bears, like going through the bocce ball court where Kyle um, and Dorit were playing this episode. So we'll post that on Instagram. Even saying it in a sentence, like using the verb shoe and bear in the same <laughs> sentence is blowing my mind. Like, shoo, shoo. Like, get out of here. Shoo. Like, is so terrifying to me. I would like, I would let the bears 
move in. I would just leave. I would just be like, this is now the bears. I've done that with spiders in bathrooms before. I've been yeah. like, I guess I just don't have this bathroom anymore. It belongs to that spider that I found. <laughs> that is too much. And yes, the Kardashians are like really, really advertising the property. Oh, my gosh. And the website that the property was listed on, I think there was a couple of memes online that were like, what did this weird website? It wasn't Zillow. It was something like Zappadoo or something. But Courtney was like. <laughs> We should go to this property. It's so cute. And I found it on this website, blah, 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 dot com. And they like show her phone with pictures of the property. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the one. That's where Alyssa's family like works. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, and then the then they go and it's just like such a they're going to get a lot of uh, celebrity business or people wanting to be celebrities, I suppose. Yeah. It but it looks... does look so stupid beautiful. I guess it's worth like shooing the bears to even be <laughs> Also, how cozy does Tahoe look, like, as a whole? I was like, oh, my God, you can go on a boat on the lake? Like, we should go. We should go I know. We really should. We really, really should. I think it's such a beautiful city. I've, I've, like, visited a couple of times, um, and it's so cool. And it has, like, a a weird um, old Hollywood element to it that I didn't know was there until I visited, where, like, Cal Neva on the the state line is where, like, Frank Sinatra would go, and there's, like, a a bungalow where he would meet Marilyn Monroe. And so there's (gasps) a very cool, like – old Hollywood vibe that I really, really One like, thing that so. I learned about myself as an adult is that I will go anywhere that Frank Sinatra has been. So, <laughs> so for my 30th birthday, there, I went to one of the celebratory things I did was my friend Abby, who's been on the pod, took me out to dinner at Dear John's, which is a restaurant in Culver City, and it's a Ooh. pop-up, and it's a recreation of, like, Frank Sinatra's favorite restaurant. So they have, like, Frank's clams and spaghetti. Wow. And any uh, – that man has great taste. I will go to Vegas wherever he went. I will go eat wherever he went in L.A. Like, he's just fabulous, and I have aspire seen- to be him. Yeah, first of all, that sounds so cool. And I've never thought of that vibe being – like, I've never connected you two in my mind before, but you have very similar energies. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> I Have you seen this um, – the rumors about – Mia Farrow's son, like actually maybe being Frank. You mean Sinatra's Ronan Farrow, son? the yeah. premier journalist of our time? Mia yes, <laughs> I'm. I just watched the documentary with Mia Farrow, so she's like more prominently on my mind. Yes. Right now. Um. So he looks exactly like Frank Sinatra, and I kind of mm-hmm. hope for his sake that his dad is Frank Sinatra. It feels like it would be a lot less complicated. He actually mm-hmm. spoke at my brother's graduation, so I've seen him. Oh, cool. In person, yeah, he's very cool. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, there's no freaking way that guy's his dad is Jewish. Like, there's just no way. <laughs> like, <laughs> he absolutely looks like Sinatra, so. Um, should we get into our interview for this week? Um, yes. Yes. Okay, so I'm so excited because we uh, are diving into a big, uh, a big, big, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say star of Beverly Hills or pillar because she's not even that. But I guess just a big puzzle piece of yeah. Beverly Hills. Um, with like two really cool guests who also have a wonderful pod. So I hope you enjoy. Today we have two very special guests who are very much our kindred spirits. We have co-hosts of a Bravo by Betches podcast called Mention It All, which is such a wonderful name. Please welcome these fellow certified Bravo-holics, Dylan Hafer and Barry Rosenfeld, to the pod. I like that I said that as if we have a live audience. Please welcome, <laughs> with a round of applause, Dylan and Barry. And the crowd goes silent. Uh, no. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Welcome, you guys. Thank you. 
And when we gave you like free reign of people that we haven't discussed yet from the Bravo world, it seemed like pretty quickly Dorit from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, a child of the world, bottoms up Dorit. <laughs> was uh, your answer. <laughs> Can you talk to us about, like, I want to know, did you guys just, like, both sort of turn to each other virtually via email and be like, obviously Dorit, or was there, like, why why Dorit? It was pretty well, quick. It was pretty quick. I know, I mean, we've, we record our podcast together three times a week talking about Bravo, so wow. I know, I know who Barry likes. Barry knows who I like. Beverly Hills is on right now, so it just felt like, Okay, like let's do a little Dorit moment. She always she always brings it, you know. I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot to look at. There's a lot to mm-hmm. listen to with Dorit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Might I add that Dylan and I both know who each other don't really like either. <laughs> I would like Okay, then I have to ask, can you name each other's like most hated Bravo celebrity? We don't hate anyone. We don't hate anyone. <laughs> Well, you're like, Barry is like really, really not a Danielle Staub fan, which is probably not that, uh, not that shocking. That's fair. I feel like (laughs) someone has to say it, you know? Yeah. And Dylan is not a fan at all of Miss Kelly Dodd. Okay. All right. Those oh are both God, very fair Welcome answers. Welcome to the party. Yeah, <laughs> answer. We're in Fabulous. here, like, I'm hating on, like, Jackie in New Jersey, and it's very unpopular. And then we were hating on Teddy for a long time, and that was also kind of unpopular. So at least that, you guys that, hate the right people. <laughs> with whom was that unpopular? <laughs> we, I mean, we're Jackie fans, but Teddy, like, we've, we're very open about being a snooze fest over there. You yeah. Know? Absolutely. I just feel like some people are tricked by her. Maybe it's her like celebrity parents or maybe it's her, I don't know, faux healthy lifestyle. It it just seems like people are very protective of her. And I'm like, she should be able to stand up for herself. But anyway, I digress. Um, Teddy last year, she got mad when I posted some rumor about her getting fired from Beverly Hills. And then she confirmed that she got fired like a week later. <laughs> sorry I jumped the gun, but Yeah, you're like, sorry for being a good journalist, bitch. Uh maybe get a better publicist. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Have you guys always liked Dorit? What has your Dorit journey been? Yeah, I can say yes. I have wow. always liked okay. Dorit. I I would say in her first season, maybe two I was intrigued by Dorit, but I don't know if I had really like jumped on board the Dorit train yet. But I think starting with like season nine, especially last season, I am like fully in Dorit's corner. I think she's really um, done a good job since Lisa Vanderpump left the show of kind of carving out her own identity. And really, I just think she's so entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it put me in a rough position, I should say, because we take this all so personal when the whole Lucy Juice Apple Juice Gate went on because Lisa Vanderpump is like my number one. She always has right. been. And so that was like difficult for me. Um, I like to compare it to the whole like Kim K Taylor Swift situation, you know, like I don't know where I stand with that. But what same thing with this, like it was hard because I like both of them so much. And but Dorit, she came out on top, I want to say, because she's still on the show. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, that I'm so proud of you guys from seeing her potential from the beginning because I feel like <laughs> when she started out, people were a little annoyed. They were a little like, who's this poser? But her whole thing, the whole thing that's cool about her is that she's kind of like the ultimate poser. Like, I'm still waiting <laughs> for all these different shoes to drop as far as like, what is going on with her accent? Where's the money coming from? And that is my favorite type of housewife, where there's like a lot of mystery around what could potentially happen in the future. Yes, with them. also I, scary. Very. I scary. agree. It's like one thing that I want from housewives consistently is just ridiculousness, and I think Dorit is one of those people where. You know, she seems like a great mom. She loves her husband. All of that stuff is great. But she is a ridiculous person. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, the outfits are too much. The, the What she posts on social media, it's just like all of these photos are so over the top. All of her hairstyles, like that is what I want from a real housewife. Right. She really does it. Per, to perfection she is like an actual real housewife but can we just talk because we're on the topic about her speaking of outfits in this week's episode she comes out in her Louis Vuitton like joggers and Kyle was like where'd you get those and she's like oh you know it's just like it's a it's a casual like workout we're doing casual babe like usually people were I don't know Nike if we want to go crazy Lululemon you're wearing Louis Vuitton joggers like that's a that's not nor that's not normal it's really but not it seems so it seems so authentically like her attitude about it like it doesn't have the air of like what's 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 her face with the $25,000 sunglasses and like there's, oh, there's moments that even yeah and there's moments even Erica will have that's like oh I didn't even realize like how fabulous this was and it's like that's really like Dorit is taking these like crazy designer pills every morning where this is just like her her worldview and she's like of course these are just my casual pants darling I can't even do her accent that's like kind no. of my number one wish in my whole w- world is that I could do a Dorit accent but you but can't because it's, it's jumbled it's jumbled my one of my favorite Dorit moments was at last season, Teddy's all-in retreat, when Dorit showed up late, as she had said that she was going to, in her full Barbie glam. And it's like, that was, she was like, she didn't give it a second thought. She was like, yeah, I said I was going to be late. Of course I'm in glam. When wouldn't I be? And like, I have a fucking life, Kyle. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing life, wrong. Kyle. Yeah. But also with her and Erica, there has become some sort of weird housewife competition where they've even started asking like audiences and stuff. Who is fashion? Like, do you like better? And everyone's like, oh, Dorit. Dorit puts together these looks. Like Dorit spends time on these. And like now no one even like knows that Erica has like a full squad like putting together these lookbooks because Dorit has just made this like her entire world. And it's it's crazy. She really got me with the pearls along the hairline. I was like, oh, man, that is – I. it's just a, such a, an intimate little detail that I was like, to wear per- pearls glued to your head while you're out in Italy seems like the height of glamour to she, me. She's so funny where she's out, her attitude is always like, what, this old thing? Oh, this yeah. one? What? <laughs> oh, I well, just wanted like, to try it. Her exact reaction to Kyle was like, oh, yeah, I just wore I just wore the comfiest thing I have. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're out of your mo- – you act like you've never had a pajama in your life before. <laughs> like, it's crazy. What did you guys think about – I think it was her second, maybe third season, which would be, I guess, eight or nine – the uh, the swimsuit line fashion show. What what were our thoughts? On that? <laughs> I you know I think Beverly Beach is 
I don't I don't know if it makes money, but I <laughs> I appreciate her commitment to it. You know, she's it's been going for a few seasons now. And I thought her choice not to name a swimsuit style after Teddy was like <sighs> the perfect housewife's shade. Agreed. Like, agreed. Do you not Love just want to scream? Beverly Beach, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. That's it. Like, and and also just like the not even the fashion show itself, but like even the storefront. And she's like, oh my goodness, I love it so much. Oh my god, I'm better at this accent than I thought. You're really good good at it. That was my first time, like really kind of doing. Sometimes you kind of just gotta shoot your shot. Okay, so you guys were saying that all housewives have people coming after them for money, but there has been a question around PK and Dorit's, you know, finances. And there's this infamous confessional where Dorit is wearing like a leather JLo hat and she's in like a skin, a second skin zebra top. And they both just look so guilty, like villains from Rocky and Bullwinkle. And the producer straight up asks them about being labeled con artists. Do you guys think there's a there there? Or is that just people being jealous that they're successful on the show? Well, people also said she looked like the Hamburglar there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look, I think there are some questionable aspects of Dorit and PK's uh, financial history I I mean, it's it's hard to know because we've also seen that video of somebody like chasing Dorit around a pool, right. um, yeah. you know, claiming that she owes all this money. And like, it's in my mind, it's hard to believe that somebody would be on TV flaunting their wealth if they were, in fact, in this situation. But then she's on a show with Erica, who... Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and someone else from Allegedly. another franchise that we know. <laughs> so it's like... I, I definitely believe that there is, um, you know, some shadiness or some bankruptcy issues or whatever, but like, uh, I don't know. And I was watching something recently, you know, when you watch so much Bravo, you actually don't know what episode or what you were watching. I was watching, I don't know if it was this season or an old season of Beverly Hills and PK was actually in an interview and he was like, they were asking him about like his finances and he was like, well, I've always been rich. Like I've always been rich, you know? And I was like, Ah! that's not a way to answer the question. Like that's weird. (laughs) And it's also like, uh, especially because it's Beverly Hills. Is it a case of like, keeping up with the Jones. You know what I mean? Right, Cause like, look yeah. at Kyle and Mauricio who are very successful each, both of them. And it's like, do you, do you just, are you doing these things to keep up with your friends and maintain this lifestyle? Or is it tr- like, I, we'll never know. It's fascinating. It well actually we will know because <laughs> it usually comes out, but like <laughs> it's, it's crazy that these people do this just to keep up a lifestyle. You know, it's mm-hmm. very like, foreign I guess to me mm-hmm. <laughs> and most other people but it, it makes for great reality television and I am thankful for it so <laughs> that's all I can say about Dorit's financial situation <laughs> well and, and speaking of how do we think this um this like knock from Crystal this season of going I know everybody that is worth knowing but I don't know Dorit and don't appreciate driving to her house in Encino uh, how do we think that's going to play out? I thought that was a great moment from Crystal right out of the gate. It's like the the best like subtle little piece of shade you could throw at someone. But like you were saying with, you know, managing Boy George and everything that that entails, like we don't really hear much about 
PK's career and like what he has going on. And, you know, Dorit has Beverly Beach and she's going to have a wedding dress line and that's great. But like, it doesn't really seem like they're doing anything like mover and shakery that we know of. Right. So compared to Rob Minkoff, who's directing movies and, right. you know, all of that, it's like, yeah, like, I don't know why you would know Dorit and PK unless you're watching Housewives. <laughs> right. D- Dylan and I actually talked about that recently when Crystal said that because we were like, <gasps> oh my God, there's more to the story we don't know about. We need to know. We need to know. Do they, like, what's the drama behind the cameras that we don't know? But I think you just nailed it. Like, she doesn't know her because she's not, there's nothing to know, really, unless you watch Housewives. Like, I feel like there is a lot of people in Beverly Hills, maybe because I don't live there, I don't know, that, like, you may not know. I don't know. Is that crazy to say? Or is it, like, the circle so close that, like, you? De- she was right. You know everyone you need to know. And she's not well, and, one of them. And also, everybody else on the cast at this point, besides Sutton, I guess, is just, like, famous. Like, you have, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, the Richards sisters, Kathy Hilton, Garcelle, Lisa Rinna. Like, all of them have these careers that just make them known to people. Whereas, like, Dorit is Dorit from Real Housewives. that's true yeah I think um when Crystal says that it's like there's this idea if you work in TV and movies that you only need to know people from TV and movies and so Dorit and PK are not even close to tied to that and like the Richard sisters are and obviously Kathy Hilton and all of that so I totally agree I think she was just being a a great housewife and just doing like a shady punch in her first episode which I really appreciate yeah I would also definitely like to know what she does with the outfits that she doesn't wear anymore because I feel like she should have like some sort of sale or kind of like what Cameron did on Dallas, like just Mm -hmm. have like an estate sale and see like (laughs) maybe (laughs) maybe she can get something from that. I don't know. I just think about their Hermes plates all the time and I like worry about them a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Have you... Yeah. Have any of you ever seen at the Kardashian closet website where they resell their designer clothes for like the most ridiculous prices? No. And I don't know if you it's Kardashian closet with a K, obviously. Um, of course I've seen. And there's like a page for Ka- for Kim's closet, a page for Kylie's closet, like all of the different or by person. And they're literally selling like Alaya skirt worn once size eight twenty four hundred dollars like that's what this website is like and first of all there's no charity aspect of it that's listed anywhere so I don't know they're just pocketing this money but I'm like who who does Kim Kardashian's dress fit like who's shopping on here for like a four thousand dollar dress that's just like oh yeah i'm probably kim's size wait guys imagine louis vuitton joggers worn once to a lightly light exercise class (laughs) twenty four hundred dollars done it goes right into pk's pocket oh no it's a really good question because like first of all that's insane about the kardashian closet and like so bizarre and it also gives me the creeps because i think that your number one like audience has got to be like women who are just Kardashian fans or people who are just Kardashian fans and then just like creepy people who want to like smell the garments yeah. honestly like that is so <laughs> gross and weird 
But with the Dorit stuff, and even and like like they always show Erica's like overflow closet, which everybody oh my is God. obviously harping on her now for. And Dorit, we haven't seen that, and she must have just as much of an overflow, darling. Like she just must. So well, she does. Where is this going? She does all her press appearances in her accessory closet, yes. which is the funniest <laughs> thing to me. <laughs> you guys don't have an accessory closet. I'm working um, on it. Uh, yeah, it's like being built. So. <laughs> she literally keeps some bags like in, I don't know if you guys ever did this, but there was a time period when, you know, we all thought like a Princess Diana Beanie Baby was going to be very valuable. And so like my bubby would like give me a Beanie Baby and put it in like a sort of uh, acrylic see-through case to like keep the beanie baby nice and that's like I've seen Dorit like bring out purses in these acrylic cases as if they're like a signed baseball or something I I always joke about this like my American girl doll her braids I had Molly are still intact like just wow. in case but isn't that funny how we like have things like, oh my god in, in like 20 years this might be something and and like they just have like Birkins or like nah like, I, know. I could sell this if I, I need to and I'm like what? I have a a pretty bad habit of watching it's not a bad habit but i watch like luxury youtube videos and some of these women do like hand handbag collections and stuff and there are people who don't use some of the bags they're like yeah like this pearl chanel is just like it's just for me for right now stop i hate that <laughs> but really hate we that. i know like because what's the point like you're all like you everyone's gonna I know this is going to sound morbid, but we're all going to die one day anyway. Yeah. So like use use the Chanel. Use it. Like take well, the, take a gram pick and use it. A Birkin a is like Put one of the best. Put things in a bag. Put things a in a bag A Birkin is like one of the around. best investments you can make, though. Like the it holds wow. its value better than, I don't know, gold maybe. I don't, I don't know about investments, <laughs> but. I have a bunch of Birkins buried in my backyard. That's crazy. <laughs> like. <laughs> Have you guys ever been to a Buca de Beppo? Well, we got, Dylan and I got, yes, I have. And because Dylan and I got food sent to us from Buca de Beppo, <gasps> and I went and picked it up, and yeah, it was. The proudest moment of my life was being, like, a Buca de Beppo influencer last summer. They <laughs> Yeah, they reached out to us um, when Dorit was, you know, launching her Capri Room. And they like, they were like, we're sending over the Dorit menu, um, whatever. (laughs) So this guy like delivers two giant takeout bags, like the largest takeout bags I've ever seen, full of food. There was like, you know, six different entrees, you know, two big salads, cannolis, um, a, a whole thing of bread, a thing of cannolis, some like mozzarella triangles. It fried was, ravioli, Dylan, fried ravioli. I I truly couldn't eat all of it because my I have two roommates, both of them were out of town. Oh so no. It was like mid-pandemic, so I'm literally just in my apartment alone with like probably like 12,000 calories worth of Italian food. Oh yeah. Food. <laughs> It, I mean, it was good. I have to say we both agreed it was like not bad Italian food. And so, but I went to the one in Times Square. I was like, oh, oh my God. No. And so I had to go pick it up. They were so nice, so lovely, like very like accommodating. And I was like, I was like, mom, take a picture of me in front of the store. Dead serious. Like I have it on my phone and she <laughs> were in the middle of Times Square. And she, my mom took a picture of me like in front of 
Buka de Beppa, which is like now that I'm saying it out loud, embarrassing, but like it's for work. So like whatever. <laughs> nothing nothing will ever be better than the soundbite of Dorit just going, Have I told you about my Buka de Beppo venture? <laughs> We we made a mug online. We have a like a hot seller at the time. It was a Buca de Beches mug on oh online. Everyone oh, loved it. Oh my god. It was fierce. Yeah, it was great. But I was like, Dorit, how often do you guys order Buca de Beppo in for Phoenix and Jagger? <laughs> like, do they do you guys eat it every night? I don't think so. That's a great question. I am um, so my experience with Buco de Beppo is that I grew up like in a suburb of LA and so before you know homecoming dances the fancy yes. like teenager meal was like let's go to City Walk and go to Buco de Beppo and it's <laughs> so nasty as an adult person I fully recognize that it's like not anything anyone would ever want to willingly eat unless you were so stoned and I, it's just so funny to me that this woman who's like the epitome of glamour, I, I, we still have yet to see the inside of the Encino Buca de Beppo. I hope it's still in business. I, I, I feel like we should make a make a trip, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, we should. We should do an adventure, do some recon. Yeah. Sure. Honestly, at this point, if I'm in L.A., I think I would prioritize going there over going to Sir. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Wow. I, I don't know. love that take. Um, and especially <laughs> right now, I would I'm down for it. Do you remember too, like before it had even started, she like sat down with either the just manager of that particular <laughs> franchise of Buca de Beppo or like the head of Buca de Beppo and was like pseudo interviewing with him and she was like, And I don't even have a budget and he's like, You're gonna have a budget, Doreen. It was well, like she, so strange, that whole scene. The reason she's involved with this is because she's like PK is like friends with the CEO or something like that like uh, Lisa Vanderpump knows him too so it's like it's purely like a vanity project for her but it's it, it's surprising that it's even a vanity project she would want <laughs> like, okay yeah. but also I have to tell you some behind the scenes as well so obviously Bravo's owned by Universal and CityWalk also owned by Universal where the where there's one Buco de Beppo Taylor and I actually both worked on an NBC show called I Feel Bad, and I worked in the writer's room on that show, and they were constantly pushing Buca de Beppo on the show. <laughs> like, they wanted us to mention it on the show, and they were like, anytime you want Buca de Beppo, free Buca de Beppo for all the writers, and we went and did <laughs> and I'm just like, they are, Buca de Bebo has NBC by the balls. Like, this is crazy. You're like, it was a six-week job. I gained 25 pounds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when they first announced it, like when they announced on the show or on Instagram, whatever, that she was going to be doing that, I remember everyone was like laughing and like, Buca de Bebo, but like, I've never heard of it from the East Coast. Like, so I didn't know what it, what it was or, um that it was a chain like I had no idea so I was mm -hmm. like I was like googling I was like I don't know what this is like is it like an I would say is it kind of like it's like an olive garden right yeah 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 I'm from the midwest and we didn't have buca de beppo but I grew up going to macaroni grill which I would say is kind of similar yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> I actually think macaroni grill is a little better than buca de beppo <laughs> to be honest I with you I love the idea of Dorit having a macaroni Rudy. grill room <laughs> <laughs> Macaroni Grill, the best part is that they have they put paper down on the tablecloth yeah. and they give kids crayons so you can color on the table. Yeah. Um, what else, you guys? Is there a favorite? Oh, we have to ask the the question. Oh, yeah. Do you think people were doing coke in Dorit's bathroom? Ooh. Well, <laughs> um, 
like I said before we started recording, I don't want the PK mafia to come after me. But um, right. you know, we'll never know. We'll never know, darling. Um, I don't, okay, I'll, I'll say this. I don't know about that night, but it reminds me of the, of the night, the game night where Brandy called out Kim for doing stuff in the bathroom. Like, I just feel Mm -hmm. like the bathroom, that like was the exact same scenario, but like, that's just so accusatory. Like you, you have to be like, so I don't know. Like I, I know this is all fun and (laughs) and I can say my opinion, but like, I don't know because you can also base things on people's reactions. Kyle does her exaggerated jaw to the floor face that she does anytime anyone's called out. Um, and Dorit, I don't, I'll say that I don't think Dorit was doing anything. Right. That's what I think. I think, yeah, people probably were doing something. I don't think Dorit was doing anything. If there are 50 people in my house and one person does coke in the bathroom, that doesn't say anything about me. That's a pretty, honestly, that's that's a pretty low number, I would say. So I would say it makes you a great host. Yeah. Like also, yes, trying to be a good host. I think that you're totally right in that the, the reactions were so worth it because it doesn't it does like the accusation doesn't even matter to me i just loved seeing that they that they like violated each other's agreement on camera and that's always exciting to me like i don't want too much of it i like when they break the fourth wall only every once in a while but the like how dare you we don't talk about this on camera moment i think it's always so fabulous and we recently had Brian Moylan on the podcast who like just released this housewife book and we asked him the same question and he was like, come on, have you seen PK? <laughs> yes. Like obviously PK <laughs> is going to have Coke at his party and that's fine. That's just like what he is. Like the man drinks vodka Red Bulls at home by yes. himself. Like that's what it is. But I I agree with you that I suspect that Dorit doesn't partake, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if she like, had this whatever was a good host at her party i don't know also like okay. number also who care like who yeah, literally yeah. who cares like i thought it was actually weird for lisa renna to ask that because what who cares like you you live in beverly hills oh my god there's coke there just letting you guys know and yeah. also dylan sorry to go back to you if you're having a party with 50 people there better be more than one person doing coke in your bathroom <laughs> <laughs> We'll just say maybe PK likes pasta and not just from Buca de Beppo. Yeah, obviously. I was like, that just means you have like a really clean, beautiful bathroom that people want to hang out in and do drugs in. I don't think they're, I don't know, unless you've already done a lot of drugs before you got there. These like frou-frou people are like, need a nice environment to do their cocaine, I think. Uh, you guys could you tell everybody uh, more about mention it all and where they can listen to it yeah so our podcast comes out three times a week mondays tuesdays and thursdays right now uh we recap all the shows that are happening on bravo housewives you know we do it all um and yeah it's just a really fun time and you can find it wherever you're listening to this podcast so go check it out mention it all yeah, it's really fun. Dylan and you I just go back and so forth. Much. Yeah, we do. It's it's really but it's fun. And and it's funny because we it's our job, but we also it turned into our job because of how much we enjoy it in general. So it's like it we do have to people don't understand we like have to actually like take notes right. and like watch the yeah. episodes and actually like go back and see but the fun thing about it like for me is that it's just very conversational between the two of us and we kind of just say our opinion and we recap the episode but 
um, yeah, it's fun. It's like our little Bravo world slash community. Are you guys going to go to BravoCon? I hope so. I went to okay. the last one, so I <laughs> I need to need to carbo load for that. It was a lot. <laughs> but you enjoyed it. You thought it was worth it? Yes, I had a great time. Um, our other coworker, Chris Burns, and myself, Fat Carrie Bradshaw, if you follow him, we co-hosted the Summer House panels last time, which was a lot of fun. Oh, wow. So. wow, that's amazing. All right, that's we really hope cool. to see you there. We hope to see you in New York in October. <laughs> or before that, even if you come to New York before that. Like, that's the cool thing about, obviously, New York and L.A. Like, all Bravo Labs, majority of them are there for most of the time anyway. So mm-hmm. it's like... I don't know. We have a chance of seeing them at like, I don't know, a happy hour or something. But BravoCon is where they're all under one roof, which Mm -hmm. is cool. Well, we'll have to definitely bump into a BravoCon, and then also we should all go to Buka de Beppo in Times Square and take a pic. I think that's what we're all agreeing to. So So down. (laughs) We'll call ahead and order the Dorit menu. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine, hey, can I make a reservation for four? They're like, yeah, we're op- we're pretty open. We can have- <laughs> <laughs> we're pretty available. <laughs> oh, thank you guys so much for joining us. Everybody go listen to Mention It All. It is like such a fabulous podcast. You guys are on your shit and so funny. And uh, it's, again, we're very kindred spirits because it's like such a similar objective and we all love the same things. Um, and thank you for celebrating Dorit and PK Darling. Baby. Thank you. Thank this you was so, so much fun. for having us on your podcast. It's been lovely. <laughs> thank you, babies. Thank you, babies. You're so cute. <laughs> <laughs>